The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Two weeks ago, I, I preached a message making sense of all that's happening to you. And I um, was wanting to go to another direction to start a new series and worked on it. And on Friday night, early Saturday morning, God said, no, you have to finish what I told you to tell my people. And so today I'm going to be talking about making sense of all that's happening around us. Making sense of all that is happening around us. We are thankful that we are a church that is following hard after God. This church, everything we do is based on the word of God. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit and we choose to be led by those to make sure everything that comes from this pulpit is backed up by the word of God. But the world in which we live in, is a lot going on around us. And so as believers, we sometimes have to also check ourselves, but most importantly, make sure that our loved ones, those that are around us, that God places around us, not only do we pray for them, but if God opens our eyes to see areas where things are not going on too well, that God will use us to help correct those things. So today I will be talking a lot about the deception that is out there. So that we can know, so that we can help others. Or peradventure, we might begin to examine some areas in our lives too, that we may have beginning to think, okay, is, it could be right. But today, by the grace of God, he will help us with that. One thing we must never forget, never forget, actually two things that we must never, never forget is that Jesus is coming back soon. Christ is coming back again. He said it with his own mouth. In Revelations 1 verse 7, he says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. And in Revelation 22, verse 12, it says, And behold, I am coming back quickly. Jesus is speaking. I am coming back quickly. And my reward is with me. To give to everyone according to his work. So he's coming back quickly, soon. And then secondly, he's coming back for a church that is without spot and without wrinkle. He's coming back for a bride who is ready for him. And so having that in mind, we must be very careful, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones. For the lost souls. Because God says he does not wish that any man should perish. But that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. 
And so that must always be at the back of our mind when we relate to ourselves and when we relate to people. There are different things that God said in the Bible will be the signs of his coming. There are quite a few of them. If you read in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 to 7, it says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdoms. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. You all know, we've already seen all of this. We've already seen a lot of, I mean, famine. Now, even the scripture, when I saw this, I was like, oh my God. In Revelation 6, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. He said, when he had broken the third seal, I heard the living being say, come. And I saw a black horse with his rider holding a pair of balances in his hand. And a voice from among the four living beings said, a loaf of bread for $20. Or $20 for three pounds of barley flour. And there is no olive oil or wine. I don't know if any of you have been to the store, to the grocery store lately, and see what is going on. They are predicting now that there's going to be famine in the U.S. They are encouraging people, if you have a little land around your house, you do some little gardening. It's kind of, when you hear that, you're like, excuse me, but then you read the scriptures and you're like, okay, these things that are happening, Jesus did talk about them. And so it shouldn't take us by surprise about the things that are happening around us. It says there will be pestilences and we have the epidemics and pandemics. We had COVID, we have SARS, we have Ebola, we have HIV. We have ethnic wars, we have regional wars, we have violence, lawlessness. You go back to the scripture and you're like, okay, these things were predicted. He also talks about scoffers. He says in Second Peter chapter 3, 3 to 4, in the Living Bible, he says, First, I want to remind you that in the last days there will come scoffers, people who make fun, who jest at the scriptures, at those who worship God. Scoffers who will do every wrong they can think of and laugh at the truth. There will be, this will be their line of argument. So Jesus promised to come back, did he? They're mocking us. Then where is he? He will never come back. Why as far back as anyone can remember, everything has remained exactly as it is since the first day of creation. Those are scoffers that would do that. We already see some of them. Scoffing at us, making jokes. Oh Yeah. You said he's coming, but I've been hearing that since I was born. The Bible predicted that. But the one where I'm going to this morning, this is really to lay a little foundation. Where I'm go- going to this morning is what the Bible says that we must take seriously. And I really want, if you please go back and listen to these messages, because I'm going to be a lot of scriptures. And I want you to write these scriptures down so you can help people. 
Because some of us have family members that are falling into some of these deceptive practices and and deceptive uh, uh, thoughts and, and deceptive messages. So we can help them. The falling away. The great falling away. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. It says, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. He says, Jesus will not come back until there is a falling away first. And Jesus was with his disciples. He had been talking to them. And in Matthew 24, verses 3 and 4, he says, Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? Listen to this. And what will be the... What did he say? What will be the sign? Before he started talking of the different signs I read earlier on, the earthquakes and all of that, he addressed the sign that will be among those that believe in him. He said... And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of age? And Jesus answered and said to them, What? Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Deception. Deception. Deception is the one sign that the church has to really, really watch out for. Every other sign that he talked about was out there. The weather, nature, government, and all of that. But in the church, in-house, the one sign we have to watch for is deception. That will cause many to fall away from the truth. What is deception? Deception is the act of causing someone... To accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. The deceiver knows what is true. The enemy knows that Jesus is Lord. The enemy knows that when you get saved, you need to walk this walk. The enemy knows that as a Christian, we all have a cross to carry just like Jesus did. The enemy knows that things will not always be, uh, will always be uh, perfect, but God uses it to grow us. The enemy knows that the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit is going to make you grow like the Bible says, that it strengthens your faith and it, it grows you and it opens you up to knowledge and wisdom and understanding and it comforts you and gives you help. The enemy knows all of that. But he will come with deception, and tell you everything that is true is a lie. And then you replace everything that is true with a lie and tell you those things are true. The thing is, the Bible says that even the elect, even the elect might be deceived. So we are going to hear here show what the truth is. So that you and I can know what the truth is. But before I go into there, let me read some things 
you know, from the Bible here. In Matthew 24, 24. It says here, for false Christ and false prophets. Remember the Christ? Matthew 24, 24, uh, uh, Teresa. Because I want to show something real that's really important. Matthew 24, 24. It says, and false Christ. And the Christ was a small C with a capital S. False Christ and prophets. And false prophets will rise. Matthew 24, 24. And false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. So, supernatural signs does not always mean the presence of God. Supernatural signs is not always evident that God is doing something. Because remember Jesus even said it. He said, oh, they said, Lord, Lord, we did all these great signs. We did all these wonders in your name. He says, no. Go away from me, you, you who practice lawlessness. They did all those signs. They did all those wonders. But they were deceived. Because he said, they practice lawlessness. So when we see people doing some great things and all of this, you know, pulling all these crowns and everything, there are some basic things we must look for. God has made this thing very, very simple. And we must keep it very, very simple. Now, one thing I know, I've, I've come to realize there are patterns in the Bible. Satan is not very smart. He uses the same strategy all the time. And so if you know those strategies, it's very easy for you to spot when he's, when he's trying to work. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians, verse 10, chapter 10, verse 11 to 12, it says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. What things is he talking about? What things is he talking about here? What things were written for our examples and written for our warning concerning the age that we are in? What were these things? He's already talked about them it's in First Corinthians chapter 10 from verses 1 to 10. And I will just run through it real quick because we have a lot of scriptures. But I wanted to do this and make sure we have scriptures so that you can have scriptures to write down to, for you to, to know so when you are talking with someone who is falling into error, you can help them. In addition to praying for them. It says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the same cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. It says, verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not, what? Lost. After evil things as they lost it. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. 
Now, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. So he's telling us some of the things that happened with them in the wilderness when they left Egypt. Go back and study that. He said, go back and study that because it's exactly what you are going to see. Those things were written for our own warning, for our own admonition, because those things are what you are going to see at the end. What are the things? He said, first of all, they all were under the same cloud. They were all under the covering of God. They all passed through the Red Sea, which means baptism. They were all baptized into the baptism of Moses. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all had the same Bible. It was taught to them. They all drank the same spiritual drink, the Holy Spirit. And they all had the presence of the rock following them everywhere. I will always be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So they all had the ever presence. The presence of the Lord was with them all the time. But what did he say in verse verse, uh, 5? He says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. And he listed the reasons why God was not well pleased with them. Number one, they lusted after evil things. Number two, they worshipped other gods. Number three, their lives consisted of eating, drinking, playing, sensual things. Everything was flesh. Number four, they committed sexual immorality. Number five, they tempted God. Oh, he will always forgive me. You know the grace message? Oh, whatever I do, he will always forgive me. Yes, he will. But willfully continually knowing that what you're doing is a sin, you're tempting God. And then complaining. Complaining about everything. It says these things were written for our own admonition because this is what is going to happen in the end times. And the funniest thing, do you know that's the same thing Satan went to Jesus in the wilderness. Wilderness again. So it's always when you are passing through a rough, hard time that deception can come in. Deception will not come in if you are not in a rough wilderness experience or life. So one thing you have to be careful when things are not going right, and I know a lot of Christians are going through, God is growing a lot of us. God is allowing things to happen in our lives at this time because it's the end. He's quickly trying to grow his kids up, his children up, and he's stretching us. Sometimes we think he's going to stretch and snap us. He's stretching us so we can carry more because there's so much work to do. It's almost like he's wanting us to grow up really quick. And so please, when you feel like God, things are not working out, be very careful. That's when the enemy can come in. Because in the wilderness, when Jesus was fasting for 40 days, in his own wilderness, that's when the enemy showed up. And it was the same three things, the the three things he, he did with them in the wilderness. Listen to this. He came with Jesus. The first thing was in the area of his personal need. Jesus was hungry. Was hungry. And he said, oh, Jesus, you're hungry. 
part of heaven's job is to make sure all your needs are met. And here you are, you're hungry. But you know what? Look at those stones right there. Those stones, you know, you can, you can turn them into bread. You, can sub, you don't have to wait for heaven. You, there's substitute right here. Just, just substitute the bread. The stones will, 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 will be okay. Just, just compromise a little bit. You don't really have to do it the way of God. You're hungry after all. That was, that was what Satan went to Jesus to do. Was trying to deceive Jesus. Was trying to deceive Jesus. So how, no matter how hard things become, there is no substitute for this. There is no substitute for that. Jesus said, it is written, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You tell the devil, no matter what, my bank account may be empty, but I'm not compromising. I may be single and I'm almost whatever, and they're saying my eggs are almost, are almost drying up, but I'm going to commit fornication to have a child outside wedlock. You know, they might do this. You've, there's always something the enemy wants you to compromise about. Always something. There's always a wilderness that he wants you to compromise about. When that didn't happen, he now said, okay, I know you, this, this Christianity really means a lot to you. This vision and this, this thing God told you to do really, really means a lot to you. He says, but you see, you don't have to do it the, wrong, the hard way. Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to carry that cross and be nailed and die. No. That's a shortcut. I will give you the glory. All you just need to do is bow to me. Worship me. Just put God aside. I already have people in places that will, that will, that will, that will give you what you need. You don't have to go the, the hard route. Again, compromise. Again, not doing what God has told you. A lot of us here, God has told you what he wants you to do. And you've come across some difficulties, you've come across some, some opposition, you've come across some limitations, and you're about to give up and find the easy way out to compromise. No, don't do it. It's deception. Because once you give in a little bit, you have to keep giving in. It never stops. And Jesus told him, get away from me. Only God I will worship. And only God I will serve. Don't serve money. Don't serve your pride. Don't serve influence. Don't serve anything but God. Only God is worthy of your worship and your service. Amen? Amen. When he finished from that, he said, okay, what else can I do? But you know, come on, let's go to the mountain. He took him to the mountain. He said, you just need to fall. Just fall. You know, the Bible already says that he will give his angels charge over you. Just fall. Just fall down. Isn't that what the enemy tells us? Just commit that sin and fall. He said he will forgive you. Do you have to do it? Everybody's doing it. Are you the only Christian that won't commit fornication? Are you the only Christian that won't cheat a little bit? Just fall. After all, God says uh, he, will, he will forgive you. He said, forgive your neighbor 77 times, 7 times. How many times will he forgive you? And so you do, and then you tempt God. 
Those are the areas he came to try to deceive Jesus, our Jesus. And even when Jesus told him no, the Bible says he left Jesus for an appointment another time. Do you know when he showed up again? You all may not know this thing. During Sunday school this morning, uh, um, my sister over there, he, Karen, she mentioned it. He came through Peter. Peter. When Jesus said, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to be crucified, and in three days I will rise up. Peter was like, no, Lord, I don't want you to die. Please, Lord, I want you to be with me. Compassion. Compassion. Compassion, be careful. Be careful. When God is trying to teach people a lesson, trying to grow people up, please don't bail them out until you've asked the Lord. Because when you bail them out, you might be aborting what God is trying to do. You may just abort it. Compassion is good, but compassion can destroy somebody's destiny. Are you all listening to me? Peter was so compassionate. Oh Lord, I don't want you to suffer. Oh, whatever can I do? So you won't suffer. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because it was Satan behind what Peter was doing. It was Satan trying to prevent the will of God in Jesus' life to come to pass. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. And he said, Peter, I have prayed for you. He said, Satan has decided, has to sift you as wheat. Did Peter know all this time that he was following Jesus? That Satan was desiring to deceive him and sift him like wheat? But Jesus said, I have been praying for you. That's the key. We can pray for those that are into deception and the enemy will break that hold over them. He says, I have been praying for you and now that you've been converted, that you see your area of wrong, you also use that to help your brethren who have been deceived. Use that same knowledge and understanding. So be very careful when you bail people out too quick when, it's, when God is doing something in their life to make them grow up. Amen? Another way is through Satan uh, manipulating and controlling people. We have that now. It's very, very prevalent, and I'm going to come to that. And it's because people are not willing to, 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 to hear the word of God. So what is the truth? What is truth? What is truth? What is truth? How do we know something is true, and how do we know something is a lie? It's very easy. John 14, verse 6. If you don't have anything taken down, please write this down. And go back home and study them. John chapter 14, verse 6. And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth, period. Any message that does not have Jesus in it, it's not the truth. John 17, 17. It says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Any message that doesn't have scriptures in it, is just titillating your ears and telling you philosophies and opinion of men. 
The truth of God is the word of God. 1 John 5, 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So we just, we've just been told three things that are truth. Jesus is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is truth. Those three elements, anybody you are listening to, anybody that's telling you about God, watch for those three things. If those three things are not there, get your bag, get up, and walk out. Turn that TV off, don't listen. Because the Bible says even the elect could be deceived. But God makes it very simple. It's very simple. It has to have the word of God, it has to have Jesus, and it has to have the Holy Spirit. Period. Just going to list a few messages. I have five minutes. I should be okay. I will just do about, about three and see where this leads me because I, I have... We'll see. I want to pick just three. There are some three very prevalent. I was going to put their names, but I felt, no, it's not good to do that. But you will, you will, probably, you will probably understand as I'm going and say, okay, that's that, that's that. The first prevalent and deceptive message today from the hell, from hell is where Jesus is lined up with like astrology. They will mention Jesus, but when they are preaching to you, they are talking about astrology. They are talking about psychic stuff. They are talking about reincarnation. They are believing that we have, we have energy, the trees have energy and we have energy and we can connect with those energy. The mountains and the seas have energy. And we can connect that from the pits of hell. We have dominion over those things. We have dominion over them. The second one, it tells you all roads, everybody can go to heaven. I mean, you see how nice that person in that religion is? It's even kinder than all you that say you're Christians. How can God let that person go to hell? Everybody is a, is a candidate for heaven. God, will, oh, this good and kind God is not going to send anybody to hell. And all their messages are on compassion, justice, tolerance, grace. And then they'll put in all these psychological, psychiatric, philosophical things into the message. It sounds almost so biblical. But you can't find a scripture for it. But if you are listening to it, it gets you. Hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> but then you're not thinking, where, where is the verse? Where is the chapter and the verse? It, look, it sounds so good. Heaven help those who help themselves. Yeah. No. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's not him who runs. It's not him who wills. It's God. Nobody can help themselves. We are all under the mercy of God. So when you say, heaven help those who help themselves, you are, you are saying you, you are the one now. You have it all. You, you see how it can be so deceptive? 
pull yourself up by the straps of your boots. And then you start doing everything in your own power. And there's no way you can do anything in your power and succeed in this. In, in Christian work, working with God, you will fail every time, every day. It's 100% dependence on God. 100, there's no place for 1% of your, your own strength. You see what I'm saying? Those are some of the things. You know, and instead of using Bible and scriptures, that's what they put in there, psychological stuff, build you up, uh, uh, positive statements. Uh, um, uh, it's, it's just all flesh, good, 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 but there's no scripture to back what they're saying. And then the third one is the one that is very scary. For me personally, it's so scary because people are buying into it in droves. Now, they will tell you, okay, this personality, you do this test, and they will take you and they will just put you in the, in the this is who you are. This is your personality, and this is the way you function, and this is the way you are. So if you are an introvert, you can never be anything but walk behind the scenes. Don't ever try and do anything for the Lord because you can't stand in front of people. If you are whatever personality trait you have, oh, that. So the whole sermon, a whole year is focused on the different personalities, what you can do, what you cannot. I'm like, and people are buying into it, and some of them are getting so depressed and killing themselves because they believe they are just, this is how God made me, I can never be anything. When the Bible says, all are wonderfully and fearfully made, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And somebody's going to tell you, you cannot do this, you cannot do that, because you took a personality test that a human being wrote, and they've just put you in a peg, put you in a hole. That is demonic. That is demonic. And people are buying into it. Before you say anything, no, this is, no, this is who I am. No, 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 no. This is what tells you your identity is in Christ Jesus. Your identity is here. Your identity is not in one, what a human being formulated to keep you locked up in bondage to say this is all you can do. This is all you can be. You can never come out of that. You are a shy person who you will never be able to do this. Or you, you're, you're an extrovert. This is, I mean, they just lock you in. They're not God. They're not God. So they let, you let your feeling, it's, it, you're, you're wired this way. This is how you sense things. This is your intuition, uh, your feelings. Uh, uh, judge this person by that. Perceive this person by that. So those are things we have to be aware that is happening around us. When you see somebody falling into that, take them back to the scriptures and tell them, no, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has put gifts in you for the kingdom to be used. Don't let the enemy say you, are, you have low self-esteem. Do it afraid. I was talking to someone, I was like, if you know the... the <laughs> I don't want to say it because I don't want the enemy to hear. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I will never be afraid. But it takes a lot for you to stand up in front of people. It takes a lot. But if God has called you, he will give you the strength. When you rely on him, he will help you to do what you have to do. Amen? So who are those? My time is up. Okay, next week. We are going to talk about people that are candidates 
for deception. That's a good one, right? Make sure you're here. We're going to look at candidates for deception. And we're going to look for, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff here that you see scriptures, and then how to be free from deception. So that if you know somebody, you have scriptures to sit them down and say, okay, look, look, this is what, you know, has happened. Look at this scripture. What do you think? So we'll do that next week. I knew there was no way I could finish everything today. Please stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Just lift your hands as we stay in his presence, as we just focus on him. And if there's anyone you know, because even as I'm here right now, God is just bringing a couple of names to my mind. If there's anyone you know that has fallen to this, um, I want you to come forward, come forward, come forward, come forward. Um, I want us to pray. If there's anyone, maybe a child, maybe a, a, a friend, a parent, whatever, that is falling into this, I want us to, to, by faith, build a fire around them. Let's build a fire around them. Let's build a fire around them. Because I want you now, as God begins to open your eyes to these things, I want you to become an intercessor for this child or for this uh, friend or for this uh, parent or whoever. I want, to, I want to surround you first with the hedge of the Holy Spirit. And then you will have to be, that's one of the things, intercession. Remember? When Jesus said, Jesus said, Peter, I have prayed for you. Satan desired to sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you. So the spirit of intercession, if you have somebody in, 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 in deception, the, word, the biggest thing you can do is intercede for them. Intercession, when I mean intercession, it's not 15 minute prayer. I mean, go to the Lord, put that person's name in a piece of paper and lay on it. But I'm going to pray fire around you. I'm going to pray protection around you. So that God will give you the Holy Spirit. We baptize you with the spirit of intercession. So you can pray for these people and let's get them out from the clutches of the enemy. So Lord God, I just build a fire around these ones here. That have loved ones or friends that have been bought. That have bought into this deceptive, foul spirit of the enemy. Father, I build a fire around them, each and every one of them here. I build a fire around them, God. Father, I pray most of all that you baptize them with the spirit of intercession, oh God. Father, make them hunger to pray. Make them hunger to pray like food, oh God. Let them pray for these loved ones, oh God. Let them intercede for these loved ones, oh God. Because we know that with prayer, oh God, you will break the hold. You will take the blinders off their eyes. So, Father, Lord, I just pray for them today. That you will baptize them with the spirit of prayer. Baptize them with the spirit of prayer. Baptize them with the spirit of prayer, oh God. Make them the man, the watchmen on the wall. Make them watchmen on the wall over their loved ones. Make them watchmen on the wall over their loved ones. Make them watchmen on the wall over their loved ones. Make them watchmen of the, of the wall over their loved ones, Lord. 
Father, let them pray, God. Let them pray until they push through. Until they push through to remove that darkness. To remove that deception. Oh, Marabashe, terrible. I pray, oh God, you baptize him, oh God, with the spirit of prayer, with the spirit of intercession, in the name of Jesus, with the spirit of prayer and intercession. Ah, Japan, the Rebokosodoriata, oh, Yashandere. And Father Lord, I pray this morning that you begin to remove the blinders from the eyes of those who are deceived. Begin to remove the blinders from their eyes, oh God. Let the scales come up. 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 Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Intercede. Let's intercede for our loved ones. Let's intercede for them in the name of Jesus. But our God, we find the enemy in their lives. We bind the enemy in their lives. Every force of the enemy, we break it today. We break the hold in the name of Jesus. We ask that the light of the Holy Spirit, we ask that the light of God shine upon our loved ones. Let the light of the gospel shine upon them, oh God. We lose them. We lose them. We lose them from the shackles of deception. We lose them from the shackles of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we will stand in the gap. We will be the watchmen on the wall. We refuse to see our loved ones deceived. Oh, we give you praise, oh God, for, for opening our eyes to see this. We give you praise and we give you glory. Let's lift up our hands to thank Him for what He's done. For what He's going to do among our loved ones. For the scales being taken out of their eyes. Oh, Father, we thank you for losing them. Every stronghold we declare is broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Make sure you are here next week so we can complete this message. Like I said, please listen. I know that even with me, I know those that I'm going to be using this to help. When God opened my eyes to some of these things yesterday, I was like, whoa, the church needs this, so that we know how to help people, amen? May the blessing of the Lord be with you this week. May His grace continually be with you. May His favor surround you like a shield. May you have favor with man as you have favor with God. May He give you a testimony this week that will blow your mind. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. No plan of the enemy will come near you. They will surely gather, but not by God. Anyone who gathers against you will fall into their own pit. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Have a wonderful week. See you all next Sunday.